0: Welcome to another episode of Ink Pulp Audio. Today we're going to, well, let's let's do this first. Let's take a little trip back in time. About a year ago, uh, I, was, I had just finished teaching. I, I was leaving my, the, uh, the security of a salary job and going into freelance full time. And waiting to hear word, or I probably just had heard word that I got this new Batman series, which for me felt like a a real sign that I that I made a a good choice, made the the right choice to pursue this. And why do you want to hear this now? Well, it's just patience, All right? A little context. Uh, so I, I got that that Batman job with Jerry Duggan writing and Jerry I had I had known we were friendly and uh, I, I was excited. I didn't know that it was just a part of uh, I don't know what you'd call it a new uh, a few new books that were launching together in the Bad office that we're taking some some creative risks. I guess you might say not playing it safe, um, trying to hit new and different audiences, creatively, very fertile, fertile, and uh, I wasn't aware of this. and And I think it was the the day the book was announced, they announced Gotham Academy as well. Uh, And Batgirl, the the new Batgirl creative team. So, I I guess at first, because I'm insecure and selfish, I, I thought we were gonna announce this book and it would stand on its own and shine but it was amongst these other books, which, as time passed, I was very excited about for a few reasons. So looking at at the... Well, I guess when, when it all came together was probably in San Diego last year when I met... Well, I knew some of the people. So the Batgirl team was Brendan Fletcher who I met in San Diego Cameron Stewart who I'd, I'd known and Babs who I met in San Diego Babs Tar, and the Gotham Academy team Brendan again on that one Carl Kershaw whose work I'd known and been a big fan of um, but I'm I don't know. If, I don't think Carl was at San Diego. Uh, anyways, we, there was a a big dinner that our editor Mark Doyle put together for all the people working in the bad office and the table where I sat just happened to be mostly all the 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 people from these books. It was me Uh, Jerry was there, Brennan was there, Cameron was there. um, But someone was not there, and someone I haven't mentioned yet was Becky. Becky Clunin, who um, I had casually met a few times, but didn't really know. And got to know Becky well as we were doing this. We started this email group between everyone involved in all three books. And we shared thumbnails and pages. And it was really inspiring to see what was going on with with Batgirl and Gotham Academy. And I don't know. I, I think Becky and I just clicked. We became good friends and we met in New York and hung out a little bit and then I guess over the internet got to know each other more and more and we're looking for an opportunity to to really hang at a show and we were trying to make create signings and blah 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 none of it ever worked and Becky's traveling all over the world all the time so uh, Denver Comic Con which I just got back from was that opportunity and luckily, Becky was open to doing this podcast. So we recorded and we got—I I got two episodes out of that, which you're, you're going to hear. Um, but uh, I, I think what will come through is that Becky and I became good friends. And I feel really lucky to know her. Uh, She's really an incredible talent and and a really awesome person. So that was just context for for the episode. Um, I don't have much else to say. I I would like uh, everyone to take a second and go on iTunes. And uh, if you can rate it, that would be nice. Uh, or leave some feedback or something on there. That that stuff helps. Um, this podcast, as you know, we're coming off of a like a one month hey, hiatus. I put myself back together uh, and really f- got back to what I wanted to do with this. It was getting ahead of me. The sh- the ship was steering itself. Where's the captain? Uh, as with my life, that was happening. But no, I'm in the driver's seat now. So. We're back to once a month here and I really feel the the last episode with Howard Shaken and, and what's coming up with these two with Becky and beyond is really getting back to, to what I wanted to do with this and getting back to doing it well. Or I don't know, maybe the other ones I don't think they were they were poor. I think I was running the risk of heading in that direction. But uh, I'm calmer about it and, and feel better about doing it this way. I feel more in control and less like I'm trying to serve the podcast. But I'm more in control of it again. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with, with how these turned out. I hope you all enjoy. So, uh, yeah, I was just saying, please leave feedback uh, on iTunes, Inkpulp Audio. And for those of you that don't have iTunes, you can still listen to it. Uh, it's out there. Just Google pulp Audio. Okay, let's cheers. Cheers. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Okay, good?
1: I'm so good. <sighs> All right. Yeah. You comfortable? I'm so I'm comfortable. Holding the mic works. Yeah, yeah. I think if I put it on the table, I'm just going to be like leaning forward too much. Yeah, yeah.
0: You can lean back.
1: I I know I can. Okay, I'm, I'm good like this.
0: All right. Yeah. So, um, why would you want to come on?
1: Sean Crystal, uh, you uh, your podcasts are incredible, and they're thank um, you. They're inspiring, and it's something different that I don't think. I've heard from a lot of other podcasts, a lot of other podcasts are topical um talking about current work. And says, you know, you're not really focusing on the work, Mm-mm. capital T, capital W, trademark, copyright registered.
0: Right. Think. It's about you.
1: Yeah, it's a little more personal. So I think there's something really compelling there.
0: Okay, so did you were you listening to them and say I want to go on there or was I You kinda, asked me right. and I
1: said, yeah. Um, and I had, it wasn't until I met you that I started listening to your podcast. Right. And that's how I found out about your podcast.
0: We met recently. We
1: did. It was like in the past year.
0: Yeah. It was when, uh, uh, Gotham Academy and yeah, Arkham we, we were
1: kind of all part of that new, Right. I would say Mark Doyle curated. Was
0: that, did you feel like there was something going on there?
1: Like a secret society? Yeah. 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 A yeah, yeah, little yeah. bit, like a little
0: Illuminati. Yeah. No, like, but yeah, no, not just that, that we were, we were... Part of this creative regeneration.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it was definitely, Mark was a huge part of that. And I've got to give him like. Without a doubt.
0: Without a doubt.
1: Yeah. He was reaching out to people he had worked with in the past. He has a very, he had a very good eye for, um, you know, he didn't come in and say, Becky, this is what I want you to do. He came in and he asked me what I would like to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think he knew I was going to bring something different to the table. And I think that's why he was asking everyone that he did. Um, he has a good eye for bringing people together. and yes. he knew. He's a smart, smart man, and uh, I think it was the right. It was the right time for you know and everything. It was like a perfect storm. I think. Right,
0: but you had a history with him.
1: Yeah, yeah, we had worked on Vertigo stuff together. He had, I had worked never with worked Dennis. with Dennis. You'd right. never worked with them. No, really.
0: No, I had met Mark once, um, not knowing. Uh, it, it's a funny little story. Uh, it was Emerald City Comic Con maybe three show. years ago.
1: I like that show.
0: And I got up early and went to the gym. And when I, I don't do this anymore, but I used to do a lot of uh, elliptical and treadmill. Yeah. And when I'm on there, I metal out.
1: Oh, hell yeah. You have and to. Else... I,
0: I drum solo and I air guitar, and people look at me like I'm crazy. On the but same I'm team. in it.
1: We are on the same <laughs> yes. team. I get up, if I'm on the treadmill, I will be air drumming, air basing. Like exactly. It will be of because course. I hate cardio. Right, but
0: this is not. This is a jam session.
1: Yeah, yeah. So but otherwise, there's like you know, it's just it's, right.
0: So next to me on the on the bike is <laughs> a skinny guy with glasses.
1: Oh no, amazing!
0: And he just is kind of watching me in awe, like what the fuck is this guy doing? <laughs> now he thinks I'm Ivan Brandon. I find out. Really? I don't know. I guess because Ivan and I are you dark. guys
1: have got you guys got You got good hair, both of you.
0: He's got better hair than I have.
1: We both have good hair.
0: Thank you. Um, So, but that's not, we didn't meet there. He just kind of watched me like, this guy's, he's going off. (laughs) So later that night, we were at the bar, and this is at the the dark hours of the bar. Yeah,
1: the dark hours. Right, and and
0: there was a a writer there who's very drunk, a Marvel writer, and who was really destroying his career as fast as humanly possible at the bar by burying people and stuff he knew on people oh, openly and drunkenly. Now, the Marvel talent coordinator, CB, was there, and I was there. And while I, I had a nice buzz, I wasn't gone. But this guy was becoming a problem and becoming a liability for Marvel. So we we're a lot,
1: all- a lot can happen at a comic convention. Yeah, at especially a bar. at the bar. That's a bad- the bar.
0: <laughs> So he and I'm sorry to make this about me. I, this no, is a no, funny no. Story. I like this story. So he um we were all just kind of keeping away from him. Yeah. But C B kinda had to like keep an eye on him and make sure that like he wasn't gonna say anything that got out in the in the press sites the next yeah. day. So Lee, our mutual friend. friends, colorist
1: of Southern Cross. Right. Uh, extremely
0: talented. Right. So Lee Lowridge. Um we this writer lived in Savannah with me and Lee at the same time, and we've known him. And Lee saw how drunk he was, and Lee saw how he was just looking to start shit. So Lee grabbed his shoulders and turned him around to face me and said, Sean's looking to talk to you, and ran off. Just pointed the problem at me. <laughs> so, drunken writer guy comes at me. Now, I've known him for a long time, so I'm not going to take offense. He he just, he starts coming at me with the, what he thinks he's going to get at me. He's like grabbing my tummy, like, Sean, you're fat. You're fat. You think you're in shape, but you're fat. You're fat. And I was like, Wh- whatever, Dan. You're like, I was um, just so. running. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I ran I'm, this I'm, just, I'm 40, you know, I'm doing <laughs> the best I can.
1: We all do the best we can.
0: So, he's trying to get in my head and it's just getting annoying. I can't get away from him. It's not, what he's saying isn't getting to me, but I just can't get away. Yeah. And he's, he's pushing it. He's looking. He's like, why don't you hit me, Sean? Why don't you hit me? Just hit me. looking for a fight. Yeah, right. He's that drunk. Right. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna just, I'm not gonna hit him. So, I finally am like, and CB is watching us, like two Marvel creators about to get in a fight. I'm not gonna get in a fight. I know what's going on. So I, I grab him. The elevator is open, you know, the right by the bar. Yeah, yeah. And I ask him what floor he's on, and he tells me, and I shove him in the elevator, hit the floor button, and gone. Two minutes later, those elevator doors open, and he comes right back out. Oh, man. So, uh, and while he was gone, CB's like, all right, thanks, I thought we were going to have a problem. i was like, no, don't worry about it. I'm, I'm, I'm a level-headed human being. And he comes back out, and he's, he's just so drunk. Meanwhile, his pregnant girlfriend is upstairs in the room right so this time i grab him and pull him onto the elevator myself with help cb and uh some other people we get him up to the room i knock on his door i know his girlfriend i'm like you need to his career is about to completely completely self-destruct yeah get him inside and get him to bed we get him in it's over i go downstairs and i see lee talking to the guy i saw at the gym at a small table and Lee's laughing at me and I'm mad. I'm not like angry. I'm just mad. Like this is typical of Lee. I love Lee. He's a very dear friend, but he likes to start little fires and watch them burn. So I'm mad, but in a playful way and I go up and I I am kind of getting a little aggressive with him. And I'm I'm pointing at him like, that was you? You did that on purpose? He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. He was trying to deny it. And I was like, no, fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you. Blah, 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 blah. And after a few minutes of that, he's like, Sean, have you met Mark Doyle? (laughs) I was like, oh, great. Uh, In my head, I'm like, I'm never going to work for this guy because he just thinks I'm a raging asshole. (laughs) But I did. So that's my story of how I met Mark.
1: That's amazing. Uh, I met Mark. Well, he was um, a senator to Will Dennis for a while, who I worked with with Demo. Right, right. um, Then he did the American Vampire. Right.
0: Uh, anthology. And you worked on that.
1: And I worked on that, um, which was my first big, I'd say, big writing gig. He w- um, when he asked me to work on American Vampire, I told him, I will do this book, <laughs> but I don't want to work with a writer. I'd like to write my own short story, if that's cool. And he was like, No, no, no. That's why I called you. Awesome. And I was like, No one's ever. Everyone's always been really skeptical of my writing, I feel like. Really? I'm not skeptical of my writing, but I think I've worked <coughs> with writers so When you much. say
0: everyone, do you mean mainstream publishers?
1: And, yeah, and it's just in general. Because you had written. I have. I have. And, uh, and I, you
0: won awards for your I writing. I some
1: stuff. I mean, but that was like my mini comics. And I think that after working with writers for so long, mm-hmm. and you probably know this, like after working with writers, people... When you start pitching ideas, it's this. Well, don't you need a writer to work on that? And right, you know, this, right, it, that happens all the time, and it's not new. So when he, when Mark said, "I want you to write something," it was like a surprise for me. And he's always been very confident in me. And so when I when he, he does he up,
0: does hire people. He has confidence in right and exactly. He, it's amazing, and it
1: puts it makes me feel confident in myself. The fact that he, someone that I respect as an editor, has, you know, like. He's like believe in believe in you who believe you know believe in he believes in me right so I believe in him and therefore right you know um like I believe in me who believes in you uh but but that was you know so we we have a history of working together and when he called mm-hmm. me up to work on uh, to pitch a bat book that was kind of like you know a no brainer and he was like oh you could write something you could draw something whatever like he just wanted any any pitch from me. That I wanted to do.
0: That was an amazing time. I I think it was very creatively open.
1: Yeah, yeah. There was so much, like, Gotham Academy was so organic and so much fun. And it was, we worked a lot with you guys. You know, we did some fun crossover stuff with Archimedes. Yeah,
0: I wish we could have kept going and really gotten into that. That would have been fun. There's
1: some fun stuff there. I mean, that was, like, you know, it was a good time. I think it was exactly what it needed to be. It would have been nice if it was, like, you know, if there was more stuff we could do, but...
0: Yeah, these things don't last yeah I but, mean
1: but and nor should they though, because these are you know it's in the end it's superhero book and true you know true. they're very they come and they go and they exist in a little window right you know? and uh and what we're doing right now with Gotham Academy, we've been able to make a big difference, which is cool, and hopefully it has a big shelf life, but you're always you're always hoping when doing a book like this, you know that you can come in and make a difference, but when you think about the books uh That really have an impact, it's very few and far between. You know, when you think about like. That's true. You know, what are the X Men books that you really remember? It's like, well, there's like the Phoenix Saga and like. Right. I,
0: I, it's like I had just spent the past three weeks just really, really busting my ass to make the best book I could possibly make. And then when it's over, it's like, did I just create another throwaway piece of and comics.
1: And you won't know that for a while. And no, you'll no. never. It's never going to be that for you unless you really feel that way. But it's really like, are you creating continuity or are you creating canon?
0: Right. And that's, that's what a good, that's we're a good constantly,
1: you know, when you, <clears throat> if you do a book like a self-published or like a creator-owned book, you know, it's yours 100%. And, you know, you could touch as many people as you want or as little people as you want with this book. Um, But in the end, it's just yours. And when you're working work for hire, you're basically like tossing ideas out there into a sea of continuity. Right, (laughs) And just hoping that one of them becomes canon, you know. And of course, Gotham Academy and with Arkham Manor as well, these are the first books of, you know, what, of the title. Right, right. And, you know...
0: Well, I think what we did with those books, I, I know with Arkham Manor, we were really trying to create canon. Yeah. I mean, we created... Well, it
1: was because it's the first of its kind.
0: Right, and we created... I think four new bad guys. Yeah, um,
1: that's a lot. That stuff is a lot of fun
0: too. Absolutely. All right. At the risk of, I, I don't want to be cliched, but I. Be cliche. N- I don't think it's cliche. Okay, Just knowing cliche. you for the short period of time, I know you, and I feel we've connected pretty well, and we're good friends. We write
1: emails. We text.
0: Yes, and you send me postcards from overseas. I
1: do. I send you postcards from overseas. I send you a poster. That was fun.
0: I am. I. <laughs> I love what I love about you is you're who you are with no apologies
1: Well, there's no need yeah. like to apologize for, right no no really. no no
0: no, and you shouldn't be and and I, I am who i I've had people say to me what I like about you is is you say what you think and you are who you are with no apologies right I find that it's just being an honest way to be yeah but in this industry, I wouldn't say it's common. A lot of people seem to me to have Built personalities and avatars on who they are.
1: I, uh, that's, I think that might be something with, I don't know, is that just social media? Like mm-hmm. Growing up with it, I didn't grow sure. up with it. Neither either did I. So I wonder if it's just
0: the,
1: I mean, yeah. I can't say that. I, I mean,
0: but this- you're never afraid to be honest. You're never afraid to be who you are. You're never, you're, you're, I don't think anyone, anyone who's met you knows you. And anyone who knows your work knows you. Whereas uh, without saying names, there's certain people you can read something they've done or meet them and be like, I have no idea who that person is.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I think I I try to approach everything I do with honesty, which is, you know, just in in my work and just in real life anyway. But, um, you know, I'm not going to, I would say that, you know, Twitter Facebook, whatever, there is there's a bit, it's like 50% honesty and 50% carefully crafted.
0: Sure. Sure. No, absolutely. It, I,
1: I wouldn't say crafted. I would say curated. Like it's a curated version of myself because I wouldn't want to put everything out there. Of like course. No one needs to know the crap I think about on a daily basis. Right. Like half of it's like not. I try to keep it really positive. Right. And that's not people who know me know that's not necessarily true. I'm not 100% positive all the time, but I think that it's an important thing to for, for me. I mean, I I barely I mean, I look at Twitter, but I it's not like um, I can't look at it too much because it's it was just like a hole, it's a, it's a vortex.
0: It's really an evil place.
1: Sometimes it can get really volatile Twitter's- and I can't you know, I get really down on things in general as it is, and I can't afford to be brought down even more by something that would be...
0: What do you mean you get down on things in well, general? Well, you know, like
1: when you just, you know, I, I doubt a lot. I doubt. I have doubts. Okay. Um, and I think a lot about things. I'm not always positive, but I try to be very positive online because I think that's what I need to be... For myself, and I think that's what people need to see of me.
0: Sure, sure, okay. But let's can we talk about your deaths? We dads? can talk about deaths. Okay,
2: yeah, let's talk about dots.
0: How do you feel about the drawing the the drawing side of the work you do?
1: Drawing, I have a confidence in drawing that I don't have with writing. Okay, but I definitely am always striving to improve my drawing.
0: Right. And when you're done with a book, do you generally feel like? Like for me, I finish a book. And, and more recently, this is how I felt. I feel like I'm doing good work. Mm. But when I look at it, I just see a bunch of missteps. And I need to get better at that.
1: That's, yeah. Um, every page I do, I look at those missteps. And I think, what are the things that I can do better Right. when I'm thumbnailing a book, when I'm drawing it? It's so hard not to go back and redo things, you know, and I'm working on a graphic novel right now that's like a year in the making and it's, you know, you'll look back at the first few chapters that you did and you're just like, I just want to redraw all these things and I could and it would be <laughs> right. so much better. But then where, where does that stop? You know, right? Where do you- well, that's
0: a downward spiral, but you're able to cut your losses and say, this is good enough and right. move on.
1: Right, right. Kind of, sometimes, Maybe.
0: Do you spend a lot of time reworking stuff?
1: Um, I do. I spend a lot of time rethinking things and like going back over it and being like, "Is this the best way for me to tell this story?" Because it's a, it's a defining. A graphic novel is a defining moment. You know, it's it's not like, I feel like a monthly comic. There's, you do the monthly book, you put it out there, and it has a, an, impermanent. Uh, shelf life. It right. is temporary. And then when you go for the graphic novel, there is a small window. But, window nonetheless, we can kind of look over everything and be like, do I want to, am I happy with this? Can I redraw this? Is there a different way to draw this panel? Is this page the page that I want? Is this, you know? Um, so there's a small moment to fix things that you're not really happy with. But with the graphic novel, everything is final and that's right. your permanent.
0: It's, it's not that's, so much. Get it done and get it out. It's get it right and get right. it out. Right, and
1: it's terrifying. It's like the most scary thing to draw, and it's so it's such a. But slog. that's
0: including your writing, correct? It is
1: including the writing, and, and the writing s- is terrifying. Writing right. is so scary. Talk to, to me about
0: that. Oh, because you've said that to me before. Is oh it God. because you feel exposed?
1: Yeah, there's that. There's the idea of putting your ideas out there in front of other people, and the writing I do is oftentimes very personal, even though you wouldn't really know it like
0: I, I always got that from your work when like, I read wolves when yeah. I when I read the mire I did feel
1: there's a lot there there's that there's
0: Becky in this
1: but it's also very like hidden like no one would know
0: right no one knows no one's specifics. gonna know what they're
1: actually about but there is like a very personal story in all of those things but of course then I cover it up with like chain mail and werewolves and like fun <laughs> stuff like that and is, the meter was like, I finished that book and I almost just deleted the whole thing. I was like, really? I can't put this out there. I'm so embarrassed. Because it was too personal? It was too personal. It was too like, just upsetting to work on. And like, I just was like, oh, I fucking just get, just threw it out the window. And then I just remember that like, I always feel like this when I finish a book that like, the whole thing sucks. Why am I drawing this? Like, no one's going to like it. Are,
0: is it that you feel it sucks or are you scared to reveal your... Both. All okay.
1: three. All three. Okay. <laughs> All three. okay. <laughs> Whatever. Yes. All of those things.
0: So you're scared to let the world know who you really are?
1: Well, it's a stage fright you're, you're, thing, right?
0: Sure, sure. You know,
1: it's like you make this thing and it's so personal and you live Absolutely. with it for months.
0: And you're terrified. To put, I, I understand that. And you don't that. want to
1: put it out there because what if someone either sees through it or what if people don't like it and it's so much so of yourself. What you know? is, th-
0: this is this is one of the things that I find fascinating about what we do. What And my podcast is really about this. What compels us to flirt with the danger, not, maybe danger is the bad word, to flirt with the, I'm just going to say danger because I can't think of another danger word. Danger is a good word. The danger of I like it. revealing ourselves to the audience.
1: It's, isn't that a weird thing? Like, because people, Be- like, neither of us do autobiographical work
0: one of the things I'm writing is very autobiographical.
1: Mm, I guess so.
0: But but it's not out there and it's, it means nothing, but go ahead. Well,
1: it's, yeah, I guess I do have stories in my head that I want to do that have...
0: And I don't mean... Disguise. What, what I was asking you was, do you feel like you want to be extremely autobiographical, but by setting it with chain mail and werewolves, it, it's almost like you're putting a sh- a sheen, an armor on it that you can then put it out and it's protected. Definitely.
1: And there's very personal things that I want to write about, but I would never want to put that out there because, first of all, it's no one's business <laughs> to, to know that about me, you know?
0: What do you mean by that?
1: Well, like... Do you if, think
0: no one would care? No, or it's that, not that.
1: It's just these are my things that to And have why would you me. not want to put
0: that out there? And the reason I ask is because personally... Right. The f- my favorite movies and, and my fa- – like I, I listen to mainly what I look towards and what I'm inspired by are comedians who can get in front of a room full of people and reveal themselves with no barrier. And that's so and, – And like the movies I like have those elements to it. Yeah. And what I wrestle with is because I am working on a very personal piece of work. Do I wrap it up in genre to make it protected? That's kind Or do of what I, I do. put it up raw? <laughs> so why not put it out raw?
1: Um, it, and that's the thing. Like a lot of people do, and I've read a lot. You know, a lot of my friends have done very autobiographical stories, very personal work. Like and I, well, I mean, like Craig Thompson's Blankets is sure. like a, just a phenomenal. Personal. You know, it's so personal. Right. Um,
0: so why would you not want to do something like that?
1: I I think it's for me. It's just either and I a, ready and I
0: am not by any means saying you should because there uh, there are some people that some the, people the way they communicate is by wrapping personal ideas into genre, and that's how they work right, and, and that's that's great
1: I think that's a little bit more of what I'm comfortable with okay i don't um I don't necessarily want my life under a spotlight and when i or 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 a microscope, even I wouldn't, and the things that I want to say. I feel like I can say through genre. Do and f- I like genre a lot. I'm, of course. And I think it's just... Do you
0: feel that putting it out through genre makes it more universal and less singular?
1: Uh, more, You know, it's less of my story and more right. like a story that I'm telling. And right. it, it allows right. me to tell very truthful stories, but okay. not necessarily focused on me.
0: And it gives you the freedom to be a servant to the story itself right. rather than life.
1: And there's and that's not to say that I'm never going to do something that's a little more autobiographical or something that's a little more personal like that. But at the time of my life that I'm at right now or you know in the in the my you know everything bef- that I've lived before this, all the stories I've done have been very kind of wrapped up in genre. And I admire people who can do autobiographical work, but I think that for, um, you know, just the stories I want to tell, I can take the stories that I have and put them into my own work, chop them up and kind of splice them and is dress th- them up a little bit. And it works, you know? It's, and then I don't have to be the focus of the story.
0: Right. And it's, it's the story is the, story the thing, is the not you. The story.
1: And I become... I take a back seat to that right, I am because just it, the I am just the artist on the
0: the danger, that. and one of the one of the people i'll cite as someone who puts themselves out there over the story like a Woody Allen, yeah, and then it becomes, are we looking at his life or are we looking at the story yeah, and that can be problematic
1: I, yeah, I, and I don't know problematic is one thing it's just a it's a, just a different side of the coin right and
0: um, well, problematic in that. When he writes a story about a middle-aged man who's infatuated with underage women in a fictional setting, that's an interesting story. But then when you see what happened in his real life, it gets a little creepy.
1: It does, yeah. I totally agree.
0: Um, So is it safe to say that the stuff that you enjoy, not your work, but the stuff you like to read and listen to, is more genre than... I
1: like a lot of genre stuff. Okay. I like a lot of personal stuff too. Um, how, do, how
0: do you feel about stand-up comedy?
1: It's too funny. <laughs> <laughs> Comedy's Are, too are funny. you a fan?
0: Do you listen to it?
1: That's okay.
0: Okay, so you're, you're not like, I'm, I'm not a like nerd. A huge, I'm a nerd about it.
1: I like it, but I'm not, it's not like a thing that, you know, I gotta say, I'm not really in, like, I don't listen to, I mean, I listen to a lot of music, of course, but uh-huh. like, I'm not, God, I don't listen or watch, I'm really bad at, Listening and watching. No, so. it's
0: not that you're bad. At it. It's just—I mean, for me, that's my favorite stuff. Yeah. Like when I get to go out with my wife, what we do is we go see stand-up comedians, and and you don't all think
1: they're of... too funny?
0: <laughs> I <laughs> just stop. <laughs> they are too funny, but they're truth tellers. That's what, that's also what I like. But they're storytellers. When I when I work, I listen to their podcasts, and honestly, I, I mean, I, I'm. Pretty much a hack doing this podcast. No, you're not. It's because not I'm. I'm. What What got me doing this was listening to a few comedian podcasts and what they do.
1: This is a professional setup. Yeah, it is. Yeah, look at this. A I put some money into this. And and I got the uh,
0: Zoom R two four. With uh, up to eight mic input. I'm to
1: We can post in the show notes. Do you have show notes? Can
0: no, but I picture take pictures and I'll yeah. take a picture of the setup. Yeah. Yeah, it is good. professional. It's,
1: really, it's you know.
0: You're trying to get me off track. Sorry. No. Um, <laughs> but honestly, what, what got me thinking about this, was when I work, and, I, you know, we work a lot of hours. We work
1: a lot of hours. What I
0: do is I listen to podcasts. Yeah. And I listen to comedian podcasts. And I listen to them because I get to hear real people with telling real stories and connecting with human beings. And that that helps me with all the shit I wrestle with in life because I hear that they're going through it too. I just heard last week on on Bobby Kelly's latest, this whole thing they went through about, it was in their business, in the business of comedy. It was him and a bunch of young comedians and they were talking about... um, either being jealous of successful comedians or feeling like there should be a rite of passage that, that doesn't exist. And, and it was all this like, why did that guy get this and I didn't? That, guy, that guy's not as good as me. And it was all these, these thoughts. Yeah. And his whole thing is, why would you think that? Now, I'm guilty of thinking that. And I know it's, it's stupid. And it comes from an insecurity and a struggle that I'm going through personally. It has nothing to do with that. Yeah. But hearing that was like, oh, man, that helped me out so much.
1: Well, hearing the other people going through the same thing that you are is a big thing. And I think that if I'm telling an autobiographical story, that's one thing. But I can also tell a genre story and get through to just as many people with that struggle. Absolutely.
0: Maybe more. Maybe more. Maybe more. And that's what I was saying earlier.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I think it's just a comfort thing, you know, like this story that I want to tell. Is it my story? Is it a story? Or is it a story that I lived... But I can repurpose. Like, and, can I appropriate this, my and life? And you can twist and in I turn can twist it to, and I to can, make the
0: story better rather than being a slave to what really happened. The
1: stories that I want to tell, can I use things that have happened in my life to enrich the story or to right. inform the characters, you know, and tell it from a real perspective because I went through it.
0: Let me ask you this. You travel a lot.
1: I do. I have a bad case of Wanderlust. And, and I, and I want guilty. to talk
0: about that in depth. Yeah, but horrible. my first question before we get into that, I have a feeling we've got a lot to talk about we've here. We've got a lot to talk about. Um, the, I, I feel like the, the best artists and the best writers live life and they don't just sit in a room and create.
1: What is living life? Even? They have
0: experience. Well, I other so, than sitting in a room and drawing.
1: But everyone's experience is just, you know, that's all.
0: Well, that, okay, but
1: I f- I feel like experience is, um, you know, it's not quantifiable. It's not.
0: Uh, but when you travel a lot and you get out, like I feel, I, like it's I've lived, experience. I've lived a lot of life before I was thirty. Yeah. And I wasn't working. But I know people who sat inside and drew all day and night and had good careers going drawing comics, but they didn't get to – they don't have the stories. They don't have the experiences that I may have had. And there there are people that, that I've spoken to. They, they just work. I mean, they seriously, they're in a dark room by themselves weeks at a time. They don't get out much. They don't talk to many people. They're – I like, that's not. uh, For example, okay. Well, the root of this is, uh, we had James Jean come to when I was teaching, come to the school once and talk. He came with Yuko Shimuzu, and Kennedy came at that time too.
1: Jeez, she's talking about a powerhouse.
0: Oh, we had some, we had some real. Every year we had that level of people come. Jeez. Um, I tried. I I tried to get you to come. You probably don't remember. I do remember. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah. I, didn't I
0: was think always like,
1: very busy. I, was I know, I know you're busy. I was probably always traveling.
0: You were. Uh, okay, so my oh, James Jeans stood up and said that um, children and marriage are the death of the artist. We're very close to his exact words. They destroy the artist because they make you have, they, they make you focus on that rather than, art. And that really rubbed me the wrong way, A, because I have kids and I have a wife. Um, but I also felt like you're you're eliminating life. Because I don't think, for example, you have Louis C.K. without kids. Right. Before That's a huge his kids. Right. And yeah. and uh there are a lot of artists. So I just you have someone who can sit inside and create all day and do nothing but draw, draw, draw and create, mm-hmm. but they don't have a social life. They don't travel. Of that's
1: craft though. I mean, how much of that right. is craft well, well, right. and honing your craft?
0: Well, they're honing their craft, but they're not experiencing life. But
1: how much of their craft is dependent on experience? Are they, you know, is is the craft they're doing, is it, are, is the work that they're creating dependent on experience or is it dependent on honing your craft? Craft. You know, like what... It
0: That's a good point. It
1: really depends on the person. I wouldn't ever sure. say like someone who hasn't traveled hasn't lived or someone who... No,
0: no, 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 no. I'm I'm not saying no, that. No, but you I know, just, it's, like, it's I like, feel like getting, living a life is... It is important. It feeds, it's, it feeds you.
1: It's important for me, but um, I would never say that someone should feel bad about their own life because having not traveled or having not seen as much... Because you can travel in a hundred mile radius of your hometown...
0: Yeah, I've and never traveled. And you can have
1: amazing stories, and you can meet incredible sure, people. Sure, 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 sure. Um, it's just all in the way that you interact with your environment and the way that you perceive life. And in there's something really noble about staying and, ho- and honing your craft. And
0: how are you so well grounded right now? Me? You're, you're taking, you're explaining things to me. Like I, I sound very ignorant. In what I'm saying? No,
1: no, no. I'm just having a discussion.
0: No, I know, but you're making <laughs> a lot of sense to me.
1: Oh, yeah. It's probably the bourbon this delicious Oh <laughs> no, no this is you <laughs> this is
0: not the bourbon um and I, what I, I-, I don't
1: know i'm just very like i i have this i judge not lest i be judged right i don't
0: where does that come from
1: it comes from not you know years of i don't know i i, I don't want people to judge me right so why would i right but that's healthy It is, it is, and it's, you know... I'm not healthy like that. It's a hard thing to do, you know? It's like, I am guilty of making snap judgments on people based on their Twitter feed or meeting them at a convention for one time or... You know, whatever, like...
0: All right, well, this is where I said was, I, was I was at the risk but of I try, being cliched. Yeah, but I don't know.
1: I try not to. I try to... I know.
0: I know. And, and, because, and people
1: prove me wrong all the time, and I love that. You're you right. Know? And
0: they prove me wrong every time.
1: And I've always not had this... Not all the
0: time, but every time I'll be like, that guy's a fucking asshole, or that yeah. guy sucks. And then I sit with them like, okay, that guy's awesome.
1: I have a I have a three-strike rule, uh, especially with like conventions and stuff. You meet someone once at a bar, and they blow you off. You meet them a second time. They don't even remember who you are. Blow you off again. You meet the third time. they remember who you are. They are engaging, and they were just having a bad time. you know, like conventions are weird. You can't
0: so what after what happens if, after five strikes, you're just at a small show with them, and it's just you two having drinks then at the you bar have the best night, time you and, can. and and all of a sudden you see that person for who they really are Well,
1: then that's great. you know i I conven- okay, here's the thing. conventions are so weird. It's a weird comics are a weird industry. We have these things. Comic conventions. Yeah. And we get Let's together. Talk about those. A bunch of times a year, right? Yeah. And a lot of us spend a lot of time alone.
0: Yeah, yeah. We work in a hole. Yeah. I w- have a cave. Yeah, I and I'm in cave. Montreal
1: and there's a dozen people in my studio. But even then, like, I won't necessarily talk to people a lot during the day. I, I sit across from Carl Kerschel phenomenal artist but a lot of times we both sit down with our headphones on sure and every once in a while we'll take the headphones off to ask you know do you want to go to lunch like let's go to lunch Um, right
0: i i don't know how you could work in a studio setting
1: it's it's good it's i like it i
0: mean i think it's amazing but i don't know how you would get work done
1: um because you just put your headphones on you work uh it's the same thing as working at home i guess um but that's the thing like you go to comic conventions and right now we're in denver right we're in denver colorado for Denver Comic Con. Yes. We're on the like at the 21st floor of this hotel room. Yes. It's great. Yeah, we'll take a picture of the outside so you guys can see it. It's lovely. Denver is a crazy town.
0: Yeah, I've never been here.
1: Yeah, I've never been here This is the first time. My um the the printer, the guys that print all my mini comics are here. Uh PL printing. So I want to make a trip down this weekend to the Oh, oh so they you, print here. Yeah, so if you want to come down, you should. I would come I would join. love to. Can yeah, we please great. do that? Yeah. I would like to meet that. Totally. They I'd send like to me see Christmas the operation. Cards. So I'm psyched like to actually. I mean, I met a few
0: of them before, but um, all right. So the cliche I was, I was uh, uh, one thing. I I I worry about with this podcast is I don't want to have a formulaic conversation. We've had a very organic conversation so far, yeah, and I'm yeah. really enjoying so it so
1: far.
0: Well, because we have so much more to I'm talk so about.
1: <laughs> because
0: where I'm going might might fall into formula a little bit, but one thing I've wanted to know about mm-hmm. you, um, is I I would like to know. Where you come from, and what you, what you come from, and how that shaped who you are.
1: Mm. I grew up in New Hampshire, right, in a small town. Okay, called Merrimack. Okay, yeah, it's tiny. We uh, it was like a we had a few acres, I think of. Were land. you coastal? No, no, it's not super coastal. Okay, I mean, there's like New Hampshire has 10 miles of coastline. Okay. So it's a tiny, tiny, like little tiny corner. Um, We're pretty close to the Massachusetts border. Okay. Um, So like maybe like if, like if you're taking a bus, it takes two hours to get to where I grew up.
0: So was it in isolated? It was
1: very isolated. Um, We had a small neighborhood. There was a bunch of kids in my neighborhood. And so we had kind of like a, I don't want to say like Goonies thing going on, but that's kind of what it felt like sometimes, you know. Everyone's got their little bikes and
0: and what at that secret trails uh, through the okay, woods? Okay, so and stuff. what age were we talking?
1: Um, like kindergarten to twelfth grade. When I got like and all what, that,
0: what were you King like 12th. then? What were your interests?
1: Oh, I was a nerd. Of course, I was a nerd. There's nothing else to be. Well, I guess you could be something else, but I was like really. I don't. I was introverted. Like I had. You a were few, introverted. I had a few friends. Uh-huh. Um, I had a few close friends. Uh, my friend Sarah lived. On the street behind mine, Uh and we had a trail that connected from my backyard to her backyard. It was a secret trail, Um, and there was this huge. That is so awesome! It was really cool. Is
0: it different now? It's it's. uh, I mean, having kids now, that magic is gone. It's
1: a little different. Like I, she comes back to. Sometimes we'll be in New Hampshire. I think we were in New Hampshire over Christmas together. So, like, I came down to visit, and I drove my mom's car down, and of course, it's like a. Less it's like a minute drive. (laughs) And so she's like, I rang the front door and she's like, Oh, I half expected you to like come through the back door where like (laughs) (laughs) you know, where we're still friends with her? Yeah, yeah, we're friends. She lives in um Florida. She's a doctor. Uh, Well not a doctor, she She has a doctorate in music. Um she's very talented.
0: Okay. Um
1: but her family still lives there and my mom still lives there. So um yeah, we had this trail that led through the back and there was this big tree um in the back. In, in the trail, and it was so big that no other trees grew under it.
0: Because of the roots? Because were. of
1: the roots and because it was just blocking out the sun and it was this big, like, kind of evergreen, you know, sloping needles and uh-huh. gorgeous tree. And we were small enough that we could fit under the branches.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so we would get, was we like called your it, fort.
1: we called it Parnassus, the the mountain where the gods lived on like, Olympus. It's like Mount Parnassus. How, Wait,
0: how old were you? <laughs> how did you know this?
1: Uh, well, there was a book on like, Greek mythology at the library. Okay, how and old were
0: so, you? Tell me how know. old you were. I don't know.
1: Well, we became friends like, in elementary school. <laughs> right, but when did school. you name the tree? I don't know. We were probably like, what, like nine or something? Okay.
0: I, I mean, I get it. I, but, I,
1: but we were friends up until high school. Like, we were Right,
0: really... but you were into mythology at nine. Yeah, we were
1: very into mythology. And um, my, first, my first fantasy novel was The Black Unicorn. Um,
0: this is my daughter. Yeah, sorry. No, 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 oh, no, yeah. no. No, it's good. Sorry. I this like, is amazing. Okay. I, every time yeah. I, like, I look at her, I'm like, you're going to be Becky when you grow up. Yeah, like, that's this cool. is awesome. Okay, so were you reading a lot?
1: Yeah, I read a ton. What
0: did you like to read?
1: Um, I read um, almost entirely fantasy novels and comic books. So, so you were reading
0: comic books at nine?
1: Well, uh, my first comic book was Silver Surfer Annual Number One from 1988. Okay, when Eight were Eight you- years old, my dad read it to me.
0: When were you born?
1: 1980.
0: 1980. So I'm 34. So, so okay, 1988, for a nine-year-old girl to be reading comics was unusual. My dad was unusual for me.
1: And well, they were selling them, this is, um, I'm aging myself, I'm dating myself again. Um, well, you're Spinner young Rex. compared to me. Right, of course. Right, so. That's what got me into that's comics. That's what I was just like, I would so beg you, and plead whenever we got went you to. your comics? Yeah, yeah, he was a big Silver Surfer fan because of, you know, it's just Power Cosmic and stuff like that.
0: Okay, so this is when <laughs> your parents were together.
1: Yeah, they were together.
0: Okay, um, what age were you when they separated?
1: Um, I, would, I feel like I was in college. Oh, okay.
0: But they so were much separating. Later, like there was a. So your love for comics had already firmly established itself. Right, before like that. from
1: from a very young age. I think from when I was thirteen, and I saw Jim Lee's X Men number one. That's when I knew I wanted to draw comics.
0: What What spoke to you about that? I don't know. It's just. A, no, I'm the, I'm curious. The jackets because I don't
1: know. There's something about the X Men, and like the I, I get it's it. like a right. It's it was exciting. It was like a there's so many like leading ladies in that book. I mm. mean, everybody was awesome. Like,
0: did you feel an absence of female heroes until that book, or was it was it important did, you to know, you to have female heroes? To it was to? because
1: when I was reading Silver Surfer, it was like Nova. Was there a Frankie Ray? Of course, mm-hmm. the Human Torch's daughter. Um, she was a big character. She was the Herald of Galactus, and <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <that> was help. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> really, really new there versus some deep cuts ahead, on this show. Ahead. Mantis also. Who um, was this amazing? Like she could talk to plants. And she was like kick-ass, like kung fu warrior, and she would this it was a sweet but grass it, skirt.
0: It, it was it. She was green. Spoke to you when a female character entered the definitely, story. Definitely,
1: definitely. And when I was, you know, the surfer surfer is one thing, and I found. At the age of nine, the Cree scroll War incredibly compelling.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> it's horrible. Well, I like, am no. just not a
0: normal kid. It, no, I, I, I disagree. Mm. I disagree. I think. Well, you, maybe
1: maybe if more kids were exposed to Silver Surfer I, at a that, young age, that's what I was
0: going to say. Yeah, because uh, when I, I mean, this is exactly like I, I was like that, obviously, but my daughter's like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I was just curious, like ha, uh, having the like. I don't know the experience of being a young girl who's into comics and then there are girl heroes and what that meant.
1: Yeah. Um, it was a big thing. And that's, I think, the X Men was a huge part of that. Sure. Um, you know, of course, like, uh, Rogue was amazing. I mean, Psylocke was amazing. Like, everybody, like, all the female characters, Storm, incredible. Yeah. Like, these are all my favorite, like, Jubilee. Right. Like, my favorite. X-Men, a lot of it's from when I was a kid and you had these great female characters. And I was like, I mean, even the dudes were cool too, but like the fact that it was, you know, the girls would take time. There was one time when they all just took a day off and went to the mall.
0: Yeah, I and I was that. like, "That's
1: great!" Like, is it was such a good. And then the guy, they were all playing basketball, yeah. And like,
0: yeah, I remember. That. You know, it was like, it's funny because for me, the mutant experience what spoke to me so deeply. about it was being Jewish because that's really what it was about. Yeah,
1: it's a human experience,
0: right? Right. You no,
1: know? it's a experience about feeling different and feeling alienated and feeling. So,
0: when you were reading these comics, were any of your friends reading them?
1: Um, there. Well, a lot of my friends weren't into superheroes per se. Um, my friend Sarah, growing up, she read a lot of the fantasy novels that I went to. So, like, Dragon Riders of Pern mm-hmm. and, like, Magic Kingdom for Sale and, like,
0: so you big Xanth into fantasy and-, and comics. Oh, yeah. So but, she but- read
1: a lot of the fantasy stuff. Sure. My other friend Jen, growing up, um, who I met in, I feel like I was, like, 11 or 12. And she liked fantasy novels as well, but she also really liked comics. She didn't like American comics. We really got into manga together. Right. So it was the Japanese comics. You got into manga
0: at a time when it was almost unheard of. It was
1: still like subversive and you had to like go to Chinatown in Boston and get like these crazy, okay. like to get the anime, it was all like subtitles in English, but it was dubbed in Chinese. <laughs> and this, the translations were always like really awkward and weird. <laughs> wow. Um, so yeah, I was, uh, I was really into, I got into manga at, at a young age, but that was the thing because in Japan, They've got whole genres for girls, you know, I mean, like shoujo Ah, comics, you know, like romance comics and comics, more comics that are written by like Rimuka Takahashi. How did you
0: discover this?
1: um, Video games through PlayStation, like I think Nintendo and playing Final Fantasy games. Okay. Um, There was a Ramno and half hard battle, like Mm -hmm. fighting game and, and... Jen and I really liked this game and when we went to the comics and we saw that Viz had been publishing Ravno and Half, we were picking up the single issues when Ravno was being published as single issues like on a monthly basis. So Okay, okay.
0: We'd go to Um, our local
1: comic store together.
0: You had a sister, a younger sister? Yeah,
1: she's 10 years younger. Her name's Holly.
0: And a brother?
1: I have a younger brother as well. Younger
0: brother. So you were the oldest? I was the oldest. Okay, so... I'm
1: I'm still the oldest. (laughs) It hasn't changed. (laughs) I'm the oldest
0: too. What... Were they into this stuff?
1: Um, my brother liked to read, but and he's only a few years younger than me. And even though we went through a lot together, we were never... I feel like we were close, but we weren't close in a way where we shared a lot of interests. Mm-hmm. You know, like he always had his own group of friends and he really liked like the Star Wars novels and stuff.
0: Okay. So they were into fiction. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely into fiction. So you weren't like the the one kid that's into this stuff in the family.
1: Right. Like my brother was into some stuff. and like What my, about your sister? Just, um, she, we were very different. We're like the most opposite. She's very, a lot younger. She's like blonde and a cheerleader and tan and stuff, you know. Okay. (laughs) She likes country music. Okay. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, 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 no. She's adorable. This is an
0: interesting thing. We
1: are so, we are so different, and we are so alike. It's one of those.
0: How are you alike?
1: Sometimes we'll get into the car, and we'll have the exact same routine we'll, You know, buckle our seatbelts, reach into our purse, put on some lip gloss, and that's like I was, and we look at each other, and it's like, holy shit, we just did the exact same thing. Or we'll have. Similar to reactions to things, we will have, um, think about the same thing at the same time. You know what I mean? Like sister stuff. Sure. Sure. um, honestly, we, we couldn't be any more different and any more the same if we tried. It's really bizarre.
0: Do you have a close relationship now?
1: We're closer than we were. Um, you know, I'd like to think she knows she can count on me for anything. Right. But I feel like she doesn't reach out to me very much, um, I don't know. I, I think she's a little nervous to reach out to me. Why? I don't know. Because I'm Why older. Because I'm ten years older. She's a lot more comfortable. It,
0: do you think it's because she thinks you're just into different stuff?
1: Into different stuff. Yeah. I relate to her. I'm. I think she thinks I have it all together. Oh, really? You know? Like, it's funny. So <laughs> she looks
0: at you like you're a super successful... I mean, you yeah, are a super and am, successful I am, artist. I am.
1: successful. I can't complain about anything. Right. But I'm, she's
0: like, my sister travels the world. She's, she's yes, a big-name creator. Right? She writes. She draws.
1: And even though she knows she can count on me for... I'll give solid advice. And I'll never bullshit her. You know, uh-huh. I'm never like, oh, you know... I always tell it, you know, it's my sister. So you have to say, you know, if the guy that she's dating sucks, like, I'll tell her straight up. Like, dump that guy. He's an asshole. Like, and... I, I don't know if she's nervous to talk to me about stuff because she's nervous to let me know that she's having a hard time. She I does want to
0: look like someone who's struggling in the eyes of her successful sister. I think so.
1: I think that's some of it.
0: That's going to be... So do you feel like she feels like she's in the shadow of you a bit?
1: A little bit. And I... And it's... It's weird. We don't do the same thing at all. She's a nurse,
0: right? Now, and I always
1: tell her I could never do what you was do.
0: Was she ever into anything that you're into?
1: No, and every once in a while. When I'd
0: you were younger, did she look down on what you were into?
1: No, because we were so far apart. Ten mm-hmm. years is a big okay. time. So sure, sure. I, by the time I was out of college, it's so, ten years is a huge difference. So I said so my parents split up when I was, I think. When I had left for school. I mean, but it was happening for a while. It was, you you know, these things don't. College? College, yeah. Where, Where were you going to college? I went to SBA in New York. I, oh, I right, just right right yeah, right right I skipped town and just moved to New York City. Which is the greatest thing, the uh, greatest decision I've ever Wait, made. Wait, what do you
0: mean you skipped town? Oh, I just
1: like, <laughs> not. I, I mean say you applied. Town. Your parents knew you. I were did. Applying. I applied. I applied uh, against everyone. But you're it's like, I'm, uh, okay. I am out of here. I'm so to your New York. parents
0: were like, don't do this.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of like, you'll never get into school. You'll never go to. Our, you'll never get accepted to college. You'll your never grades have suck. a career. You'll never have a career. You're not good enough. Kind of thing.
0: Okay. What I want to do right now is I want to take a break because our bourbons are empty.
1: We need more bourbon. And
0: we've recorded almost an hour. Okay. And I want to get into that. Let's do it. Okay. So this is the end of part one. Bye.
2: It has come to our attention that a mysterious force is loose somewhere in outer space. The mysteries of creation are there. Up in the sky? Up in the sky. The moon and the planets are there. And new hopes for knowledge and peace are there. And therefore, as we set sail, we ask God's blessing on the most hazardous and dangerous and greatest adventure on which man has ever embarked. Look, listen and observe. And watch another sea cycle pulling my peeps to the curb the words, it's like ghetto style proverbs the righteous pay a sacrifice to get what they deserve, cannot afford to be confined to a cell, brainwave swell, turning the desert to a well, experience the best teacher, thoughts will spray like street sweepers, little daddy street creature illustrious feature, narrator you select, accompanied by deck plus the DJ you respect the seven and a half combined, over the front line, the ten percenters, promoting slander in the airtime, bear in mind jewels be the tools of the trade Sharp blades, heavenly praise, the dues are paid Above the crowds, above the clouds Where the sounds are original Infinite skills create miracles Warrior spiritual Above the clouds raining down Holding it down, yeah. I leave scientists mentally scarred, Triple extra large, wild like rock stars who smash guitars. Poison bars from the guards, bust holes in your mirage. And catch a charge, shake them down like the riot squad. Invade your zone, ruin like ancient Rome. I span the universe and return to earth to claim my throne. The maker, owner, plus sole controller. Ayatollah, rest in the sky, the clouds, my sofa. Stand like colossus, regardless to whom or what. Numerous attempts in my life, so who to trust? Who but us, to supply it with the fire? The burning truth, 150 absolute proof On the mic, like Moses spoke in Golden Squad Survivor of the oldest tribe, whose soldiers died I know the five families, we shed tears and mourn But our hands are on the ammo, cause the battle's still on Sound the horn we come rumbling through the function, precise laser beam technique to touch something. When we die hard, they build a monument to honor us with humongous effect in the world. We could have conquered it. Above the clouds, above the clouds, where the sounds are original. Infinite skills create miracles. Warrior, spiritual. Above the clouds, raining down, holding it down. Above the clouds, above the clouds where the sounds are original Infinite skills create miracles, warrior spiritual Above the clouds raining down, holding it down